Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and in this episode, I chat with Alex Janadenik, who has taught over 100 courses on Udemy, and we get all of the lessons that he's learned from teaching so many online courses in this episode. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave a review for this show wherever you listen to it. Now, let's get straight to the interview. All right, Online Course Masters, Phil Ebener here with Alex Janadenik. I am so excited for this episode because Alex, he's gone on a similar path as me. He has over 100 courses on Udemy. He's multiplied his streams of incomes with online books, with coaching, and other forms of income. So it's going to be a great episode today. So first of all, I'll just welcome you to the show, Alex. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Phil. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Man, you should have you should have done it earlier, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's <laughs> we're saving the best for for the middle. So, <laughs> so so let's just jump right in to something we were actually talking about um, before, thinking this would be beneficial for people to hear. Why do you think people fail at online business and specifically about online teaching because so many people start but not that many people actually end up having success sure so you know I've coached a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of actually online instructors budding online instructors and they always get really excited in the beginning it's it's for them the process is very unique and individual but over time I'm like I'm seeing complete just patterns they they fall into patterns and the, in the beginning, they're all very excited. There's no one who's not not enthusiastic, right? And it's a fantastic emotion for work for for work in that immediate moment. But it's the worst emotion because it causes you to overestimate everything. Like I'm going to do this really well, and then really they're not. And they're like, <laughs> I'm going to work so hard, but really they're not. <laughs> so that enthusiasm um, is fun, but as you know, the actual work is boring. Mm-hmm. It's like scrupulous, tedious work and a complete mismatch of the enthusiasm emotion, right? So they yeah. have no idea what they're getting into. No, totally. And, and when I, just to butt in really quickly, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, I'll have my little brother come. He's in high school, so I can still, like, force him to come help me sometimes for free. And literally, I'll, like, I'll have him work and then he'll go home and my mom will ask, oh, what did Phil have you help him out with? And he was like, I just sat and like clicked buttons because he's literally just like dragging files to like another folder, putting that online, clicking, dragging. And that's pretty much all we do most of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's boring. I, I have the same thing. I had a cousin. He lives in Australia. He's like, bro, you know, with the Australian accent, bro, I just want to make money online, bro. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I know you're, you're going to get stuck in something. And surely enough, like, I gave him my Skillshare upload. Like, back in the day, I'm like, upload all my Skillshare. He, like, uploaded one course in, like, two months. And I'm like, like, no, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm making it over. You, like, he's like, how do you do this, man? I'm like, this is the easiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, that I mean, that's so true. And for people just starting out who are listening to this episode, who are super excited... What, then, like, what does it take for them to to continue and to have success? Right. So they have to be, make themselves into professionals. Consistency, um, flight to quality, and uh, there's a lot of soft skills like you know motivation, goal setting, blah, blah blah blah. All of that goes into overall. It's under the umbrella, as I see it, of productivity. Um, so it's all these human issues that have to get solved. You're bad at focus, you need to fix your focus. You're bad at discipline, you need to get disciplined. And everyone has, like even me, like I struggle with a lot of these kinds of things. And I think all of us in our own personal journeys have to be very vigilant of like what we're bad at. And, as, and the, reason, the, the, the real reason like we haven't fixed it is because for us as individuals, it's hard to fix that, that thing. Like if it's hard, if it's still hard at my advanced age to fix my focus, then it's only hard because it's a really hard problem for me to solve. I would have already, if it was easy, I would have already solved it, mm-hmm. right? So the, the problems that remain that plague people are the really hard problems. 
So I say sometimes that like, you know, business strategy can in 30 minutes or an hour, you can create a complete business strategy. But to fix one of these human issues, that's why like psychologists retain clients for a long time. Mm. So, but I, I found that anytime I fix something in myself, like I took a speech training thing, which maybe didn't help a lot, but like I'm better than I used to be. And for, as an online instructor, it's really important. And then my course started, you know, getting better reviews, right? So I fixed something that I was kind of lacking as, as a professional, and I fixed it, and then my business sort of took a leg up. So I really see a lot of correlation between like fixing the big things, like these big human issues, whatever anybody struggles with, and then actually that really gives them a uh, like a huge boost in whatever else they're doing because it adds to their strength. Yeah, totally. I think that, and that. I think it's both for just general online business, but also with online teaching specifically. So let's kind of give more of a background picture of who Alex is, what you were doing before teaching online. Uh, you have, like I mentioned before, I'm looking at your profile right now. You have 109 courses on Udemy, which I, I don't know if anyone else individually has more courses. There might be a couple companies that have more courses, uh, but what, yeah, just kind of Paint a picture of who, who you are and what your background is. Well, I, um, I was born in Odessa, Ukraine, because everybody always asks me where you're from because they hear the accent. But I grew up in the States. I grew up in San Francisco. I went through the whole Silicon Valley thing, um, got a computer science degree, did work as a software engineer in a couple of companies. But all the time, like, I had my own ideas. And I just was like, it was killing me not pursuing them because my best time was spent at work. So I was like... in I would wake up extra early on the bus to work. I would work on my own ideas at, in the evening, on the weekends. I would, but it was just never enough time. So all the, all the time, I just wanted to do my own thing. And of course, as a software engineer, you know nothing about business. So I made so many mistakes. And then I started realizing, hey, like if only I had somebody to help me, I would skip a lot of these mistakes. And so my one of my first successful products was this mobile app, this business planning mobile app that I created. And... Um, now it has something like 2 million downloads, the, the whole suite of apps, and it became a suite of apps. So, wow. um, but the one feature there that was interesting is people got to ask me questions. And I just kept seeing the same questions. But again, for the individuals, it's their like unique journey. For me, it's like I, the 100th question that I got the same, you know. So I started like, why don't I, you know, I had this idea. Why don't I make a YouTube video and answer it so I can just point them to the YouTube video? And the YouTube was a little bit of a playground for me until I learned about Udemy. And as I say, the rest is history. So, you know, Udemy, I've been on it for a while. And, you know, I also it took me a while to find my groove at Udemy. Like I wasn't an overnight success, although I wanted to. And, and I had to improve so many things. Like I wasn't aware of like the microphones, the cameras, like the... Uh, how do I talk in front of the camera? Like there were so many things to fix. Like what makes a good course? So much you know, to so learn. So much there were so many things, and none of these things feel like rocket science. But in combination, it's really hard to get it right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's I feel like it's hard. I don't know if anyone comes into Udemy or just teaching online courses knowing all of it. I know I had the advantage of knowing how to use a camera and knowing how to use a microphone. That's one of the biggest hurdles for people. But then the whole marketing side of things, that's where I had no clue, no idea how to do that. So I think everyone has those hurdles to learn when they're starting out. Um, and it sounds like similar for you. I, I'm curious about the app, though. So this was your first sort of foray into your own product, your, your own online business, right? No, I had a bunch of fails before, okay. <laughs> or, or like lukewarms, you know, like not fail, not succeed, but like just uh, struggling along. Mm -hmm. But like, okay, I had an events business that actually I was I really like. Um, I had a bunch of like I things where I tried to create new startups, like a different kind of search. There was a technology that was popular, Semantic Web. I dabbled in that. It was supposed to be like the new thing, and it wasn't. So. There was a lot of things I dabbled in, but they were all like just some, I just made some mistake early on that like sometimes during the business planning phase that just like if some expert came in and they're like, no, this is a total mistake, do this instead, it would have saved me like three or six months of struggle. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why we teach people how to, how to teach online now to help them 
go quicker. So now it looks like from your website, you have all of these income streams with the online courses, the apps, the books, coaching, everything. Talk about, is this what you're doing full-time or do you still have a full-time job? Yeah, I'm doing this definitely full-time. In fact, I think sometimes I'm doing it more than full-time. You know, it's (laughs) passive income. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not passive. Like, I'm hustling. Yeah. Like, and I feel guilty. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, if they're not working, I feel a little guilty about myself. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, something. I'm not working. Like, ah. No, totally. I get you. Like, if I'm, like, if it's a weekday and I'm just, like, doing nothing, the next day I'm like, oh, I feel guilty because I didn't get anything done. That's that's how you have 109 courses, I think. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, a part of it was, like, the journey of, like, figuring out what makes a good course on Udemy? Because a lot, it's it's a big number, 109, but a lot of them are duds, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll be the first to say it. Like, some of it, I was just playing around. Like, I was at my gym, and, I, you know, it was like a, like a boxing thing. And I was like, hmm, I'm paying for this, and other people might pay for this. So I told the trainer, hey, can I record you? <laughs> like, like, why am I paying for the gym? The gym should be making money for me, right? And so I'm like, so I recorded, the, you know, we had it like after the gym closed, we spent a couple of days recording stuff. And then I'm like, wait, a boxing course. Now, am I an expert in boxing? Like, no way. Like, right. But so should I be teaching that? Like, not really. But, you know, kind of, it was an attempt. Yeah. Um, I have like a music course. With, like I interviewed a music guy and it turned out really bad. It's an attempt. I have a Chinese course. I tried to translate my course to Mandarin. It's an attempt. So that's how you end up like a lot of experimentation. Yeah, totally. And I think there are some people who would say you should really just focus on something that you're a complete expert in and you're confident teaching and that's the one you should focus on. But I think similar to me, you're you're kind of throwing darts all over the place and one of them is going to hit the bullseye and, and be a major success. But what do you tell people who who te- who look at your profile and say okay how can this guy teach 100 courses like of course he can't be an expert in all of these topics uh do, do you suggest for people to kind of do follow your steps or is there after teaching so many courses a better way to figure out what the right course to teach for them is i, I do like to choose a niche where a person is super confident and create something of quality. In fact, that's what I do now. Like I haven't created a fitness course for a long time. I'm you know, done with that. I'm not venturing out. Um, so I'm, I'm focusing on my core competencies. And over time, my best courses have been the ones where I was able to bring the most knowledge, which makes sense. And out of the 109 courses, I mean, like only about 20 or 25 of them make any kind of reasonable money, right? So there's like 75 fails in there. But... That it, gave, it does give me a lot of data of like what's working, what's not working. Yeah. So in a way, it wasn't a complete waste because I got an answer. Like, you know, oh, that didn't work. Don't do that anymore. And sometimes it took 10 of those mistakes. Don't do that <laughs> the 11th yeah. time. Yeah. But now you have, you know, 90,000 students on Udemy that you can promote your new courses to. What have you seen is different now in terms of your course quality and the way you teach a course from that very first course you teach to this course. And I don't know if there's any specifics you can give listeners on things that students really love and help you get those five-star reviews. So I, I was always confident in my content, the quality of what I'm saying. But I was never confident in my delivery, presentation, AV, you know, audio video. Those things are the things that I worked on fixing, like I took some coaching on speech, like my speech had a lot of words like, um, and I got rid of most of that at least. So I did that. Then, you know, I experimented with a few microphones, a few lighting scenarios, mm-hmm. and I'm still sort of experimenting because I'm never quite happy with it. And whenever I'm happy with it, someone comes along and be like, I don't like your background. And I'm like, oh my God, it like invokes all my insecurities. Like, (laughs) you don't even know the history of this. (laughs) This is my fifth month. (laughs) And it's that one student who just came into this course for the very first time. And you only knew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. uh, And sometimes like, 
I try to do something really innovative in the courses. Like, like I have a business plan course that's popular, and it's probably the the top business plan. It is the top business planning course on Udemy, and that course, like everyone teaches it the same way. Like, business planning. Here's the template. Here's what you write in every section. So sometimes I do really unique, creative things. Like, you know how there's the theme of front loading the course. Mm-hmm. So, like, I created a totally new way of business planning, which is a really impossible thing because how many, you know, like, except for the business model canvas and this niche, there's been no innovation. So, I started, you know, I started start people now with only a three-sentence business plan, mm. where it's, it actually makes sense because you have the product, the marketing, and the revenue. And those are the key components that belong in every business, right? And then I helped, and in the beginning, they get that. So, every beginner gets it. Here's what's important. And if they have to play well together, it's like a, I teach it like a three-legged stool. You know, if one, it's sturdy, but if one leg is out of whack, then it falls. So, you know, they have to make that little thing work. And then they extrapolate it to a one-page plan and then a full plan. So, but that took me a whole bunch of years of dabbling in business planning to get such a grasp on it that I could teach it, realize it can be taught that way. So sometimes there's a tremendous amount of experience that goes into it. Um, and then the students who come in, they like, they have no clue. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, 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 they take it for granted. But so I guess what I'm taking from you is that you're always trying to figure out new ways to teach the, a, a similar topic, maybe looking at other Udemy courses, seeing how they teach and trying to change it up so that you stand out. Ideally, because I feel maybe falsely that I'm like a creative person. That, <laughs> so... So I always, you know, in marketing, it's like everyone repeats everybody else. It's, it's, it's like mind-numbing. And I think as a creative person, then you always one step ahead if you invoke that. And there, there's always exercises also for creativity, how to like not see boundaries where, where other people see boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, it, boosting your own creativity is actually one of those soft skills that goes into like, it, it's not, it's not, but like it's related, it's not exactly, but related to close to like almost emotional intelligence and thinking outside the box and things like that, I really try to bring like, instead of now, instead of filming at a high rate, you know, the, the courses, I try to just refilm slowly, but give the course something special that when I teach it, I'll teach it in a unique way and hopefully the students will appreciate it. Yeah, cool. So what's like a typical day look like for you? You have all these different businesses. Uh, how do you manage it all by yourself? Yeah, so I have a whole bunch of things that people mostly don't even know because a lot of it, I'm not too like, I, I'm like, you know, I'm just like uh, hustling. I'm not like too public about what I'm doing. People just see the end product. And so I have a whole bunch of things like courses, books, but then there's a whole bunch of other things, coaching and on and on and on. So I wake up and even though I think when I read, you know, like Tim Ferriss or whatever, they're always like, have a morning meditation session. (laughs) And I'm like, I have the anxiety because people who haven't been sleeping, like in the East or Europe, wherever, man, my inbox is full. And I know that inbox is like revenue. I got to answer, you know, Mm -hmm. it hustles on. So I'm like inbox time. And I started like everyone, I'm like trying to get them to do what I need them to do move them along and you know off sometimes requires an infinite amount of patience mm-hmm. because some people like I need them to do it once but then they do it 20 emails later so, so you know have to like you know take and a breath are these people you're hiring Is, it sounds like it's you're some, getting people to help you or what who are these people you're talking about there's some people that I'm hiring some people in my coaching mm-hmm. like for example like um, there's one guy you know um I have a client, like some of my clients, like I become friends with them mm-hmm. because like sometimes I like, I want them to succeed more than they want to. Like, I'm like, you know, I, we decided we're going to, you know, put do SEO for him on his website and like do, put his product on Amazon. And I'm like, man, you got to get your product to rank number one yesterday, right? That's how I look at everything I do. I have the sense of urgency. And she's like, yeah, I'm working on it. And then when you unpack it, like, what do you mean you're working on it? Well, I'm going to do it next What? Next week? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> you sound like a good coach, though. That's good. <laughs> and I'm like, I used to, <clears throat> people used to come to me with all these, like, procrastination issues. I'm not, <clears throat> and they used to say, like, I'm not motivated, this and that. 
And I used to, that's how I got into productivity because I tried to like really get into their head and understand them. And then I started realizing like, that, you know how that, there's that theory where like you are a little bit like the five people you're around? Mm-hmm. I started being myself a little bit more like, oh, why don't I just procrastinate and do something else? <laughs> oh, that's no. what else does it. And then so I started like, no, I, I'm not doing that anymore. Everyone who's working with me is hustle on. Like, <laughs> I'm not babying anybody anymore. That's, that's it. That's Fine. funny. Well, yeah, to- that that's not how you want coaching to work. You don't want to learn from the students you're trying to help. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like this I have this theory that coaching coaching's great because it's mostly just motivation. And I know because I have people in the online course masters program now who are working through it and the information that they need to learn is typically out there for free for people to to learn. But it's just the sort of okay, do this today. Just do it right now. That kind of motivation that people actually they do, need. They don't do it, right? They they like, oh yeah, 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 and then they don't do it. It's it's surprising. Like, it is surprising. I think you know, as someone who's super self motivated myself and productive, I don't know if it's just like a trait that I got. I I'm like you, where it's like I wake up and I check my inbox, and every day I'm working on something new. But I I think a lot of people. I don't. It's not their fault necessarily but it's hard to get motivated and to be productive because you're a professional Mm. and i think a lot of people have to groom them yes yes and a lot of people have to groom themselves into that yeah yeah none of us are born like that i remember in college i was lazy yeah like i did in high school i was super lazy like you know i was the people who we're talking about now but i kind of just out of necessity because you know you got to sink or swim you have to end up grooming yourself into more and more of a professional, I think. Uh, and a lot of people, they, 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 like you and I, you know, we've been in it for a while. We understand expectations. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are like, I want to make money quickly and now and easy. Exactly. And, and that's what I was going to like actually kind of turn to this. We talked about failure in the beginning, but I think that's a reason why so many people fail is that they have this expectation that the first month they're going to make $1,000 or even $100 and they don't. And, and that is not, especially on Udemy, I would say that's not the right expectation, especially if you don't have your own audience. It's just probably not going to happen unless you teach a course in a particular topic that's hot right th- now that doesn't have a lot of competition. So what is the realistic expectation for someone getting into online teaching for those first few months or, or even the first year? People will hate my answer, but it's, I think it's along the lines of the right path. But like, I think, let, you know, if we take a step back and see what happens to an individual, most people who are not, don't have the nine to five, right? They're in the struggle mode financially. And there's a lot of stress comes along with that. It's a very bad feeling. And like, I've been there, you're not in your head. Maybe you've been there. And there's something subconscious that happens. Our brain chemistry changes. This part of the brain, amygdala, takes over. It causes the fight or flight, only able to make short-term decisions. Mm. Not able, the prefrontal, the prefrontal cortex not, is not working, which is the reasoning. Mm. That's the long-term vision, right? So right now, when you're in the financial stress, you need to just do whatever you can now to remove that stress. So a lot of the people, when they come to you or me, they're like, I need to make money now. It's, it's sometimes because they're not a good professional, whatever, other th- or maybe they just want to make money quick, but sometimes it's just their life situation needs to get fixed. Yeah. So they're in that immediate stress and they need to get rid of that. They don't realize this is what's happening necessarily scientifically, but like they're unable. So if, but they can like take a breath and realize like if they do a lot of the short term stuff, it's going to be a lot of it is going to be so much waste that if they able to take a step back and shoot a little for higher quality, better, long-term thinking and doing. It's so hard to do because I wasn't able to when I was in stress. I remember that. It was really, it was more like next, 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 next. That's partially how I got, you know, to so many courses. I was like, next, next. So I was there. And, but at some point, you know, you, you scramble enough to, you know, you break even in life and so much stress gets taken out of your everyday mental approach that, you end up having like naturally, oh, you're thinking bigger now. Mm-hmm. And it's just stress relief. So 
you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, basic stress relief people can do at home is like eat better, exercise, not for weight loss, but for uh, mental, uh, what's the word, mental health, yeah. uh, stuff like that, sleep better, eat better, take care of themselves. Uh, stress goes away actually by itself if you do those things, even though your financial stress will still be there, it just won't impact you as much and you'll be able to use um that's really how you know that's like you level yourself up just easily that way yeah that totally makes sense to me um and i know for myself exercise is so important i'm not a huge fitness person at all but sometimes you know i get in a rut or it's been a few days or a week and i'm just like in a grumpy mood and probably every single time that happens if i step back i'll realize wow i haven't like done any exercise in the past week and then it's you know i'll go on a run or go on a bike ride and it's like wow i feel so much better and back to your point about just having sort of the lower expectations but thinking of the long term i think that's so important and that's part of the reason why i suggest people if they can to have another source of income to have a full-time job or at least a part-time job while they're building their online business so that they're not making those sort of like short-term rash decisions like you said that you know people you might learn and people say oh this is how you make money fast but it's not benefiting your audience it's not going to benefit your business in the long run so learn from our mistakes because I've done that as well and take your time and I get those messages though too and it's hard it's like I don't know how to respond to people who message me and are like, I'm in a bad financial situation. My, you know, I lost my job. How do I make money right now with online courses? And I don't have an answer for that because that's not the way that I, I suggest teaching online classes, but it's, it's hard. So I'm not in that position. So I don't really know exactly how that feels in this moment. So uh, before we move on to writing books, which I know you do, and I want to talk about, which is important for online teachers, Let's just talk quickly about promotions and with Udemy, what have you seen work with the Udemy promotions and with your audience outside, how are you building an audience and how are you promoting your courses to them? By the way, since we're on the promotion issue, um, there is a, there goes, um, see, I'm like, <laughs> I've been taught to catch them. There is this issue of like, have you noticed that the promotional emails have like a lot less effect these days? Yeah. And I think that's happened some like six months ago or something, but then there was like another level of decrease in their effectiveness recently that I've been seeing. Well, I know that about a year ago, I don't really remember it. Maybe it was in 2016. There was definitely some sort of switch where not everyone was getting our messages anymore. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I think there was some sort of opt-in that was sent out to students. A lot of people didn't click yes I want to get emails because I know my wife used to get all of my promo messages because she was in some of my courses and now she doesn't get any of them and I think it's because she didn't opt in and then I think just because the average selling price the consistent sales from Udemy the our own promotional messages become less effective especially when you're not selling a new course um, and I know and I've always in my classes and to my students said okay Let's not get into the mentality of we're going to sell our courses for $10 all the time. I always tried to launch my courses at $19, $25, $15. But over the past half of a year on Udemy, I found those sales being less and less effective myself. And I actually launched my last course at $10, which is crazy for me. But it also was one of my best launches in a long time. So that seems to be what's working for me. But f what have you found just like things not to be working? Or I know you've, you know, you've been on Udemy for a long time. So you've seen the ups and downs. You saw the pricing change. How do you feel about Udemy now after all of those changes? I think it, first, I mean, some things, there's always things we always agree on and not. But I always brief is that like I really appreciate Udemy because literally like you know like you know like with like I don't like to get into specifics but like it's changed my life like financially like many fold and now I have this like I hope it doesn't show but like you know like in, in, inflated ego and self-confidence but man without Udemy I would be 
like a fraction of my, you know, what do you call it? Online fame or whatever. Like, I don't know what to call it, but you know, like, um, Udemy has really given me a fantastic, amazing platform. And they also, when I was struggling, they welcomed me to their office and Lindsay spent time with me. Their team spent time with me. They were like teaching me all the things that I should do better. And like, whoever does that, like you're, you're going to go to Amazon and be like, Hey, uh, how do I sell my books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I've never had a company that did that and gave so much care to content creators. And, and the things that I learned from them, actually, you know, I, I've taken either, even to my other businesses. And even there's like people, other instructors I've learned from too, like, you know, back in the day, like Alan Hill, he was like the, the first guy who would teach his stuff to, and the, the stuff about creating really cool titles. That's where I really saw the, you know, like how much of a difference it would make. Like my best selling course, for example, is that marketing is a, I have a course, marketing strategies to reach a million people. Mm-hmm. And that course used to not sell at all. It used to sell like so this kind of my marketing. So it used to just be like a boring course. It's usually marketing strategies. No, it was boring. Who wants that? I mean, some people, but nah, it, does, it doesn't really stand out. And now I'm like, okay, marketing strategies to reach a million people. Started selling. Mm-hmm. You're showing so that benefit. The benefit, and sometimes you put numbers and percentages, and those things can sometimes make your title look more catchy. And, you know, on Udemy, I think a lot of times it's important to, like, what I call leverage the platform because you just have to see how they sell the courses. Search, like I know in the podcast, I've listened to a bunch of episodes, you love search, but there is a whole bunch of other places where Udemy sells the courses, and it's often next to other people's courses. And you just have to be a little more flashy than the guy next to you, and then they click on you instead of they click on the guy next to you. So there is a whole bunch of things that you can do because you know they show the title and the picture. Make the picture cooler better, make the title better, and sometimes you can make a test account, sign up for like some free courses, you know, everybody knows best black cat form, you can get a ton of free courses, and see after you enroll in those courses, they give you the interstitial page, what else people enroll in, what, are they, what else they recommend, and like why is yours not coming up in the same niches as, and then what can you do, you know, what's, you kind of reverse engineer, what's special about those courses, and so I really focus on the platform marketing. I think, you know, back in the day, we all we used to post on discount sites. Mm-hmm. That's largely dead. It works a little bit, but I think for the annoying effort and the boringness of that task, I think it, I, I sort of just, I, I think it's like negligible at this point. I have a YouTube channel. I mean, get some sales, but not nothing compared to the Udemy Organic. Um, my e- emails used to be amazing. Now they're like, um, you know, they're, they're kind of, even though my student count is going up and they're paid students, like my effectiveness of my promotional email is going down. Mm-hmm. So I think behind the scenes, Udemy is doing something to lessen the promotional emails because they, they don't make money from that. So um, that's too bad because that was a good chunk of money for me and it's kind of, they're killing it off, it seems like. And so it's really now all about the platform, what I refer to as like platform marketing, making sure that in every nook and cranny of Udemy, including their apps, including their, like, whatever, you know, all the paradigms of navigation of their site, that my course should be there. And if not, why not? And usually the answer is, like, well, there's probably a whole bunch of huge courses that are dominating. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do I creep up, you know, crawl my way up there? That yeah. That's sort of, like, my current, I wouldn't say philosophy, that's the wrong word, but, like, approach. Yeah. It, this is, uh, I'm trying to reverse engineer situations and seeing how, why is that guy's course there? Why my course would be there? And yeah. it would be great to be able to send those promo messages and make a lot of money from them. But even for myself, it's the organic sales that make a bulk of my revenue. And if you can do that, then you're going to have success on Udemy. So doing things like you said, making your thumbnails better, making your titles a little bit more catchier, show that benefit so that it, sounds better and it is better than the next course in that topic that's and i i haven't really thought about that in that sense of you know when someone's on my or someone else's course page my course might show up in those related courses because udemy now has that little block where they show related courses so we really do want to make our courses sound better than the courses 
that are we're competi- competing with. Yeah, and when, whenever they've bought, whenever people buy courses, there's a whole interstitial, interstitial page full of commercials for other courses. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, well, how do I get most of my courses to be there? Mm-hmm. Totally, um, totally. What, you, what, are you on any other platforms right now selling your courses? Skillshare and a few others that uh, um, I have a side business where I create courses for others. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a, a, let's call it a poor man's B2B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do that. But if not counting that, then it's uh, Skillshare. And after Skillshare, I kind of quit. Now when somebody um, approaches me, I'm like, you're going to sell peanuts. You know, it's like the, the time I'm spending with emailing with you is not worth the, the revenue that you're going to generate for me. So, like, it's really hard. So, Skillshare and Udemy. Skillshare, uh, it's been nice. Like, it's like a, you know, like, it's a, like, a, just a huge fraction of my Udemy. But, like, it's still not bad. Like, I still like that revenue. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, why not? <laughs> Yeah, and um, and uh, every once in a while, when I make some content for you for you to me, I post it on Skillshare, and then you know, I kind of like see that sometimes people watch a lot of my courses there, and then like, so the courses aren't dead. Like I have invested minimal time in it, but the courses are kind of not dead, and the it's it's gone down the cliff, but like then it's plateaued a little bit from the high, and so but it hasn't gone down from the plateau. It actually started going slightly like maybe five or 10% up each month. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I'm just kind of like, I have a lot of automated marketing, like my social media, I promote a lot of my Skillshare and um, like, you know, through the affiliate program and stuff. And then the people are, I tell them, hey, watch all of them. You know, I don't tell them personally. I just tell them in the last video of the course, I say, hey, watch my other courses. Mm -hmm. Not like Mm -hmm. to spam, like, oh, watch all my minutes, you know? But like, but literally just, hey, here's another course you might like. And so I have that sort of thing. So. Every once in a while, I have a person who watches a ton of stuff, and then I'm like, I love you, <laughs> and then they review. Oh, and that's, you know, you get an email, that same person wrote the fifth review. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really go, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great, and that's how it works on Skillshare. If you could get people to watch a lot of your courses, that's, that's great. When well, it's it becomes kind of- evening, I'm like, when it's evening, I'm like, I hope they don't go to sleep. <laughs> <Keep watching. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. So let's switch gears and talk about books and your other streams of income, which we're kind of talking about with courses, but you've written a lot of books and, um, they're on Amazon, I think. And, and you kind of shared sort of the monthly revenue, which is actually a decent amount of revenue. It, it could be something where you can focus on books and that could become your full-time revenue. Talk about why books are so important for online teachers or, or another great opportunity for online teachers. So, Usually when we make Udemy courses, they're how to X, Y, Z. And the how to genre has something really nice about it, which is natural organic SEO keyword, which if you wrote like the greatest next American novel, you know, the next Harry Potter or something, which is not the greatest American novel, but whatever, um, there wouldn't be a organic way for you to promote. But on a how-to, like how to tie my shoelaces, if there is demand for that, you can write it, there's, you know, you can rank for that. Mm-hmm. So whereas, you know, like novels, they don't necessarily have keywords, but how to have motivation, how to stop procrastination, how to use Photoshop, how to do SEO, all of these are natural keywords. And where the sweet spot is, is I look at like my courses and I say, okay, so, um, let's say marketing course. Well, I'm like, well, there's demand for like introduction to marketing. Let's say there's probably demand, you know, with books. And so then I look, how competitive is that niche on Amazon? Can I break in? What will it take to break in? Cause you can kind of approximate. And then that's the decision of like, well, I can probably make a certain amount of money. It's going to take a certain amount of work. Now, how do I write this book and publish it? Which is really a hard thing. And, you know, it's, it's, there's some challenges making courses. Making, writing books is another challenge because somebody along the line of, who touches that book actually has to be a reasonable writer. Mm-hmm. 
so it's not just about the commas, which is also important, but like it has to flow and it has to, you know, same issues, quality issues as the courses. So a lot of people get into books, but they hate writing and they don't care about the books. They just care about the dollar. Right. right. And I see people running into that issue where it's like books. Okay. Fail with. So, you know, you kind of have to also enjoy writing. There's a way that you can create a book without writing at all. You can use the Dragon software, talk your book into a recorder, it will transcribe it, you give it to some editor, the editor will edit it, make it very nice, although there will be expenses because books, you know, it's, it's if you, you know, if you get in Google book of like uh, just free content that you spoke, it's going to take a lot of time, time for them to edit it to make it a wonderful book, and then you need to, you know, uh, cover, and essentially you're done. So you can create 100 books a year, and as long as you just do the marketing. So that's another tactic some people use. And they make, I've, I've always written my books on my own, which maybe is a mistake. But if you wanted to have like a book farm, let's say, of, you know, like, I don't know how books, how, even probably the people who write the book farm don't read themselves their own books. So, you know, so, but there's a few ways to do it. Um, as long as you have good keywords for your course, for your topic, that, that can become a book. As long as there's good keywords you can rank for, you can make a reasonable uh, income, and it's the same thing. It's passive. You know, you rank number one, you get sales. You know, and your job is just to get your book to rank. Got it. So your process, you're writing your books yourself. Are you taking? Uh, some people I know suggest taking your course content and actually just using like the transcription and converting it to a book. Are you doing that, or are you just having that similar topic and then writing it all out, kind of from from scratch? I write it because if you just if you take shortcuts on the book, it's gonna come out bad. Like if you just transcribe a course, that's gonna be one bad book, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. It won't even make sense in places. Yeah. So because some things you'd write, you wouldn't say it on video that way. So you have to edit it, and probably you have to edit it more than just a little to make it like a nice book. Like some of my, my best-selling book, I've rewritten it by my own on my own. Twice, so it's on my. I'm on my third version, mm-hmm. and all my other best-selling books. They're also I, I've written them once or twice because it just takes time to make it good. The quality I've always found like if your product's not great, it's like a pushing a rock up a hill, and you never want to be in that. It's it's really like annoying to be in that situation. Yeah, it's and, not that sustainable. And so that's good advice for writing your book. Can you walk us through kind of the nuts and bolts of getting your book on Amazon, what kind of format you need to do. I also see that your books are available in paperback, if I'm looking at this right, and how that works. All right. Um, and by the way, just one note. Uh, there's, I, I have an interesting, before I get there, there's, I have an interesting way of creating the book. So my last book, The 20 Principles of Productivity, I wrote, and I brag about it, I wrote in zero working days. So that book is 200 plus pages I wrote by hand. How did I do that? Zero working days. So I only wrote it. I, it took me a while of over a span of time. I wrote it only on my on plane rides, stationary bike at the gym, and subway. When I was riding the subway on my phone, and I kept on writing a page or two at a time, at like dead time. You know, otherwise I would. What, what else do you do on a stationary mm-hmm. bike? It's like mm-hmm. boredom. And so I was just like writing, and it was kind of inconvenient, obviously, to write on your phone, but. Only those three places. It took me like maybe four months to put the book together. But, you know, the editing took a while, obviously, but editing always does. But, and I think that book really came out well. Like that book, I'm proud of it because I put some humor into it that my editor took a lot of my jokes out. I think they didn't think I was funny. But anyway, but I, I feel like I, you know, how-to books, they're usually boring. Well, how-to. But I try to make some jokes and I try to be myself more. I, tr- I think it came out really well and I think I hit a lot of the right notes. So that's that answer. Um, but to make the books Kindle and paperback at the same time. Really easy. Createspace.com. Amazon has a process and it's just like literally click by click. There's like, oh, do you want your books on paperback? Click yes. Yes, okay, they're there. And they just print it for you whenever somebody orders it on Amazon. The only thing different is you have to have a back cover. When you order your back cover, your cover to be made. If you only do Kindle, you just need the front. Mm-hmm. If you want full book, you need full cover. That's the only thing, and uh, they print it for you. They ship it. I don't deal like most of my books. I've never seen. Um, I've never seen physically. 
Like, wow, you need to buy them. That that would be awesome. I, I bought my first ones when I wrote my first book. I bought ten. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm proud. Yeah. I wrote a book. I, I, I'm gonna be. I, I ordered ten copies, and then they sat for a year. <laughs> you didn't eat. You didn't read each one. You didn't read it ten times. <laughs> no, and I was like, well, I should sell it. And then, like, no, like nobody. I don't even have a place to sell. Like, what am I gonna be on the street selling yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I spoke at one meetup, and I'm like, hey guys, just here's the here are some books. Like, nobody bought it. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Hey, it could be a good giveaway, but it's you know not that cheap to do. You'd rather just give away your your ebook. So that sounds. It sounds like it's pretty easy. And I know I've put up a couple books on Amazon Kindle. I haven't actually used CreateSpace. Um, that's cool. Uh, you mentioned you have your editor. Where did you find an editor? And how do people find an editor? And how do we work with an editor to make sure that our book comes out good? So it's a, always a price issue because it's a lot of work for the editor, which, you know, books in general, like they don't make a lot of money per book. Even a, even like a, unless you're Tim Ferriss or somebody super famous, your books aren't going to make a tremendous amount each book. A lot of the successful authors, you see them like I have like 20 or 21 books. Again, a lot of them were duds. Before writing, I didn't know which ones were going to be duds. Some just ended up working. So it's also a lot of experimentation. If I had invested in all the editing and everything, I mean, it would have really been expensive. So what I did is I had like a friend that I respected and I thought she was very smart and like educated and, you know, I trusted her. Because it's not just about the comments. It's about the phrasing and how each sentence appeals to the reader. And so I trusted her, like just how smart she was, Mm -hmm. common sense wise and and just let her do it. And um, so that way I got the best of both worlds. You know, it's reasonably priced or in some cases free. Friends and family can do it for you. Um, and it's not too expensive. You can, you can start hiring on Fiverr or something like that. I don't know what you're going to get there mm-hmm. and at what price. But if you're not a good writer, it's always helpful to have another person look at it because they'll find a ton of things. But um, it, it's always like a sliding scale of price. And the price sometimes, it, 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 take, it literally takes them weeks of work. So you have to shell out a lot of money. So if you can do it on, on somebody you know that's cheaper, probably the, the, the savviest thing to do in the beginning. I think if you're a perfectionist, you can overinvest. But at, at the end of the day, you have to be financially sound. You right. can't just have a business that's run how you want it. It has to be how it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's so, that's good. Um, and when you upload these books to Amazon, what advice do you have for launching it? I know there's different strategies using, you know, giving away for free. Um, what, do you use that strategy? And how do you get sort of that search engine juice um, and those early reviews to make sure it ranks later on? So there's a couple of ways to do the launch. To do the launch, like like our friend Nick Loper, he da- he's done like for his last few books. He's done like really big launches. He prepped for them. He paid some, you know, he went to a conference. He did stuff. So and out of the gate, the book was amazing. Did everything he wanted it to do, right? There's that one path. And my path is a little different. My books are like opposite. Usually, they don't rank at all. Like they're like, I don't have a big launch. I don't tell anybody, whatever. And then over time, they kind of just like, you know, I have like a very automated business. Like when people get to the end of my courses, they're like, I'm like, hey, uh, here's also a full list of my books. Mm. So over time, I kind of just have my business, you know, there's enough muscle in there to get the initial sales. And then the book just kind of goes like, oh, to the second, third page, second page, first page, first half of first page. And then quality matters at that point. Because Mm. when you're at the beginning of the, the first half of the first page, you're competing against people who are reasonable competitors for you. Right? It's, it's relevant on topic. They're also pretty good books probably. And so then it's like have to win on quality. Sometimes I do creative things. Like in my three-sentence business planning book, I have a thing. I'm like, hey, you can email me. Like literally it's in the book. You can email me. I'll take a look at your three-sentence business plan. Just like I mentioned, I have that in the course. I have that in the book. They email me. And sometimes they they call my clients and then, then I'm like, hey, leave me a review. So my review acceleration is um, higher than my competitors. Got Again, 
something creative that I did that other people don't do. Now that they hear this, everybody's going to be like, email me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's a huge, I mean, for buying a $10 ebook or book, that's a huge uh, benefit for people. Is there, yeah, love it. are you, I see you're getting people from your courses to your books. Are you also getting people who buy your book on Amazon into your courses somehow? A little bit. So it used to be that like, I don't mind giving it like, I don't give, I don't do those like mass giveaway things, mm -hmm. but to my readers who are like already my clients, I don't mind giving them like the first course for free because it gets them into Udemy and then if they like it, then, Hey, here's 108 more. <laughs> right. right. So, you know, so, you know, the, the cross pollination, is actually harder than it seems because people who are comfortable reading, they're not comfortable taking courses sometimes or less comfortable. You know, maybe they're driving and they're listening to podcasts. It's like hard to get them to read a book. So the cross-pollination of platform and paradigm is actually harder than it seems. So sometimes they give away free stuff um, in order to get people to be comfortable everywhere because I'm everywhere. And then my ideal client is a client who consumes my stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. And then the more of my stuff they consume, the more hopefully they like me and maybe they get sick of me, but hopefully they like me and then they just trust more, buy more. Got it. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of benefits to writing books. And one of them that you mentioned to me earlier was um, a couple of speaking gigs and also uh, coaching. How has writing books benefited that sort of aspect of your business? That has been really cool. And it's uh, like last year I got contacted by first I, I saw like one day I was like, whoa, somebody bought like a hundred of my books on like in like one thing, you know? And I'm like, wow, I hope that's not a typo. I hope that's not a, that's not an error. <laughs> like yeah. I was going to give that money back. And, and then like a month later, the university of Kentucky emailed me and they're like, Hey, like, uh, we got your book. Well, actually they didn't say we got, yeah, I said, they said, we got your book. And I'm like, are you the guys who bought like a hundred copies at once? And they're like, yeah, we're the ones. And, or it was like 50 or 70, but it was like a big number. And, and then they invited me to go fly out there and speak there. It was like a paid speaking gig, sort of. Wow. For a couple of days. Like, I spent time with students. Like, I did, like, they did, like, a Shark Tank style uh, startup pitch. And I was, like, a judge. That's and awesome. I, <laughs> it was really fun. And, like, like, it's been, a, like, almost a year, like, nine months since then. And I'm still thinking of, like, the answers I should have given to the entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should have said this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, so I know I had a, like a really great time there and, I, and it, like, they just got, they just found me from my book. That's so cool. And I think that's something that I think online courses and being an online educator can give you somewhat of a reputation, but the books, it just at this point seems a little bit more professional and has like higher esteem for you to have those books. And that's probably why you got that speaking gig, which, which is great. It's just getting your face in front of more people and especially, ultimately helping more people. Yeah, especially in academia, because I don't see them promoting courses, because like, they are the courses. You're right, exactly. <laughs> they don't want a competitor selling their same course for $10 online. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been a great conversation. Uh, just a couple more questions to wrap up. Uh, what, what do you see yourself doing in the next few years? Are, do you have any specific goals with courses? Where do you see your business going in the next few years? It sounds like, you know, you're like the, the father of the girl that I'm marrying. Where do you, <laughs> Where do you see yourself <laughs> in five years? Okay, I got to come up with the answer so that he would respect me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you do. That's right. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think right now it's like we're riding this Udemy wave. I think at the moment I'm all in, you know, like Udemy books, mostly Udemy. Because the books, you know, they... I wrote them, they, they're there, they're fine. They, they don't require as much rewriting. Like the, the courses I'm constantly refilming, constantly trying to improve something, and there's so many that it's endless. Um, but at the same time, I have an eye out for like, I, I kind of, for myself, I train myself to like have a, like, a sense of smell for what's next, right? Like imagine, like, like remember like Alan Hill? Like he hit it, he was like there in the beginning, and he was in the beginning of the right thing at the right time. And he did it well. So if we were like, for the for whatever is next, like Udemy 
next. It, it, maybe it was Skillshare, but it turned out not. But whatever the thing is going to be, maybe it's not online courses. Maybe it's Bitcoin. Maybe it's like uh, something else, you know. Next year, my Bitcoin might go to zero and then, okay, what's next? You know, like, so whatever that thing is, I'm trying to maybe like some, I wanted to dabble in like 3D printing and um, doing something like that. So there's always like these next waves of things like, and if you want to go next, next, it's like virtual reality, augmented reality, like artificial intelligence. Those are like the next pastures that the next Alan Hills, hopefully it's going to be us. And that's exactly the definition of an entrepreneur. So that's, you know, always looking out for what's next, getting on the cutting edge. Uh, so that's, that's exciting. And I think people will be wanting to follow you and see where you go. Where's the best place for people to get more information about you and your courses so that they can um, hopefully buy a book and maybe a course? Yeah, so everything that I have is on problemio.com. Great. If you go to Problemio, literally, I think last week I started accepting payment through Bitcoin for my courses. I give like a huge discount and people can pay with Bitcoin and they get like a bundle of all my courses. So that's one thing. And if you just want to buy them, um, like I, I offer the bundle of one dollar each. So it's like 108 bucks gets you all my courses. Wow. If you nice. Bitcoin. Because, yeah. you know, I can do that. And the other thing, if you want to, on Udemy, all my courses have a discount code, either the word 10, T-E-N, or 10-10, and you just get any of them for $10. Um, well, well, they can find me on Udemy. That's pretty easy. Perfect. So it's either my site, problemio.com, problemio.com, or Udemy. Perfect. And, and I have the impossible last name. And I'll link to that on the Online Course Masters website. Last question is just, if for the person that's listening to this who is just starting out, who might be working on their first course, they're stuck, they're trying to get inspiration to continue, or they're, they're not making the amount of money that they want. Do you have any sort of final piece of advice to help new online instructors? The people who are really struggling, um, you know, there's that like take a step back kind of thing we talked about before, right? That's the hard thing that everybody, that the thing that the immediate thing is like when I was struggling, I had this, this is a long story. I had this situation where I was really following this guy, Jason Kalakinas. I don't know if you know this name, but he's like a very known entrepreneur. He's had a couple of successful companies. In recent years, he's not been having that many successful companies, but he's still, he's, he's very, one of the top, top people that I look up to. And there was some little get together conference thing. And you know how people are like, you know, people are crowded around him. And I had a business at that time. It was many years ago. I was struggling and I was like, Jason, like there was like two, a minute void where like nobody was facing him and bombarding him. I'm like, Jason, I have this situation. What do I do? And I was exactly that person that you're asking the question. And literally he told me, do something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to put a disclaimer right now. I don't know where this is going, but I'll let you continue. <laughs> no, but it's not like illegal to you're going to end up in jail, like uh, illegal light. So like, like just to stand out. Like, not be like everybody else doing the same, like, follower, everything else. Just stand out, get attention. Got it. Think about how to get attention. Honestly, when I heard that, I'm like, I just wanted a, how do I press a button on my computer and money comes out on the other side situation? That's the advice that I wanted, right? I just want to print money. But the advice at the moment wasn't satisfying because I'm like, I don't know how to do what is illegal. Like, I don't want to, you know? But then, like, three weeks later, I remember I was walking and it hit me how I can make that business be unique enough. And it was never illegal, just unique enough that it's like nobody else was doing that. And literally made that business take off. So that guy, one minute with that guy on that advice, and that was really the beginning of everything I did after that, was at least some success. Great. And I think all, my takeaway from that is to, to be unique, to not just follow what everyone else is doing. Don't just follow what we're teaching you and talking about right now. You need to stand out. Your students are going to take your classes because of you. They could find the information for free anywhere else. There's other teachers that teach it, but they're going to follow you, become friends with you, at least the video version of you, and that's ultimately how you're going to build a large following. So I think that's that I think is good advice. So Alex, it's been great. I'm looking forward to just seeing your success in the future, hopefully on Udemy and also elsewhere. So uh, thanks for being on the show. 
Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was fun. And I hope it was helpful for your audience. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to fast track your success, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and sign up for your free trial of my flagship program, the Online Course Masters Masterclass. Yep, that's right. It's a masterclass designed to take you from zero to hero, creating and selling your very own online courses. If you haven't done so yet, please leave a review for this show wherever you listen. This is how we can help expand our audience and help teach the world. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week in the next edition of the Online Course Masters Show.